Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hey, this is Moeed from the Vent Production team. We want to let you know that this episode includes sexually explicit content and discussion of homophobia and mental health struggles. So take care listening. From Vice and Brent 2020, London Borough of Culture, this is Vent Documentaries. Young people from one London borough telling you the stories we care about. This is Series 2, where we're talking about love. Can call me a Leo. I used to go on this site, sextingforum.net is what it's called now. You go into the website, uh, gay Snapchat names, male seeking males, and then you can make an account very quickly and then post your advertisement for yourself 17m horny and hungry for cock put your snapchat on there snapchat horny for harambe and then just wait for people to add you loves dirty talk loves all ethnicities yeah it's sectional Woo. got veiny dick waiting to burst for you happy face <laughs> okay it's, not, it's fine like who cares it's just sexual everyone's sexual i alternated different you know, personas 18 horny and athletic bottom okay we're getting more specific now some of it is not true, I mean, some of it is true. 18 Athletic College. I didn't make it to uni, I dropped out. So maybe that was a thing, like, I don't know. Maybe these are the things that I was manifesting. One time, my dad was like watching TV, all relaxed and I just saw him lifting his pinky up when he was like drinking his tea. I don't know where I heard it, if it was a rumor or if I just made it up in my head, but like I was sure that like that was a thing that only gay people do. And that's like a gay sign and like he was part of this gay society or gay gay club. And I got really scared. Like I ran upstairs. That was the first time I think I Googled re- searched what it means to be gay or look gay or do gay things and I was scared that maybe like I, if he's gay that means like I caught it from him or I like inherited from him but I just didn't know, I didn't understand anything about gayness other than like just stuff I heard from others or rumours or stupid conspiracies so I just thought I must have been part of this conspiracy, this gay gay conspiracy. That's when the shame started cropping up. Like loads of kids, I would make my own thoughts in my living room. My mom had loads of like decorative blankets and I had a special like yellow one and a special blue one that sometimes like when I would put together and the light hits at the right spot, it would create like 
this nice green haze in my special fort. It felt very like stained glass windows, kind of holy, but kind of, yeah, it felt very special. There wouldn't be a door, you had to like unravel the actual blanket and then just like crawl underneath if you really wanted to get in. So my parents weren't like, they wouldn't do that. I was just doing gay stuff underneath there. And I played Sims in the fort and make some of the characters gay, put them in the bed together and they go Obviously in the name of gaming, it's not real. Go on to like iPlayer, Steve Backshaw from Deadly 60. And then he would wrestle animals. I was like, wow, wrestle me. And then it progressed onto like YouTube. I look up kissing videos. Um, one specific video with this French man, very pretty. Went through stages of how to kiss, but then I realized, like, wow, I'm really enjoying him and watching him, not the lady. What's going on? Then I eventually made it up to like the naughty sites, like X videos, Pornhub. Of course, I didn't start off the gay stuff because, yeah, no. I started instead with a lot of straight stuff and just really focusing on the guy. And then the bisexual porn videos and the threesomes, focusing on the guy to guy stuff. And then I was getting like really in deep and I couldn't go back. And then I like started just watching full on like solo porn of the guys. And it was just me watching porn in the fort. For a long time, I kept my queer internet self very separate from my real straight presenting and masculine real self. In Islam, it says that it's fine to be having gay thoughts or evil thoughts, but once you act on it, then it becomes a sin and becomes a problem. So in my mind, if I was in the internet, I wasn't acting. I was just interneting and it wasn't real. And I was just, I was still being halal. I could just press X and delete, clear browsing history. And yep, that part of me is gone. My friend had like a difficult living situation, so he was staying at mine for like a few months. He had broken his phone and I like had an old one. I think it was an iPhone 4, 5, I don't know, it was old. Um, I let him use my phone. Oop, he turned it on. Just started going on the internet and all of my tabs were still open, including a lot, a lot of gay stuff, man. A lot of gay pornography. For the first time, that internet world that I had created, that queer internet world, collided with my real world. It did become real and, and I felt kind of cathartic to say I, I'm gay. So I came out to my sister, train station, we were just sitting. 
Um, I just started crying. And she was really confused. And I couldn't, like, get those words out. But then she kind of helped me and she asked, yeah, like, are you gay? Like, are you gay? I was like, whoa, yes. I've, I've talked to her before a couple of times about coming out to my parents. And she says, no, don't, yet. In my country's language, the word for gay is the same word as the word for coward. I think I internalized that. Like, if, if you are gay, you should hide in the sidelines and not be who you want to be and just cower and be a coward. I don't know. I know that hopefully things will change. I felt like when I came out, I had to, like, start afresh. I didn't know how else to do that other than just to scour the internet. My fake Snapchat account was only for Harambe. I was too scared to make that account on my actual normal Gmail. So I had another Gmail set up as well called um, skinoutyourpumpum at gmail.com. And I made, a, I made a gay Tumblr as well. I made a gay everything, basically. I made a gay Tumblr, Twitter, Instagram. I think it used to be called like gay forum, or I think now sexting forum. Lord knows what it is, I don't. Ooh. I added loads of people. 18, male. California. 25, slim. 20-year-old twink looking for the same. Chubby bottom slave here. Plus, I got double anal, too. Sock fetish. Hairy on Add me. Add Snapchat for the Horny as fuck, young BBC. Send me ass. And I said, I want picture first. So I wanted their face, so I know what they look like. And then we just had conversations. Houston Hottie. Um, so he's the first person to actually send me a photo of his face. We didn't say hello. We didn't say hello to each other. 28th of August, 2016. Oh my god. Okay, so the first message. Houston Hottie. Houston Hottie. Says, send me vids. Let's jerk off. Horny for Harambe. Do you want a live chat or Skype? Houston Hottie. What about on Snapchat? Horny for Harambe. Oh shit. If you want. Houston Hottie. Only what you want, daddy. I have to be quiet though. You want to? Houston Hearty. Same. Oh, it's me, sorry. Fuck. Houston okay, sorry, I'm getting confused. Houston Hearty. Only what you want, Daddy. I have to be quiet, though. You want to? Horny for Harambe. Same. Houston Hearty. You ready? Horny for Harambe. Not yet. Give me a sec. Houston Hearty. Okay, Daddy. Tell me when. We've now li- we've Snapchat live. <laughs> He's the first person that taught me that Snapchat Live was a thing as well. So he's also talking about tech. Mm-hmm. Ah! Sorry, no, no, no. Okay, that's fine, that's fine. Ooh. Horny for Harambe. Wow, that's so fucking sexy. What the fuck? You made me come. Houston Hearty. Wanna watch me come? Horny for Harambe. Yeah, shit. Houston Hearty. What do you think? Horny for Harambe. That was hot. That was my first time. Houston Hearty. You're hot. First time what? Horny for Harambe. I've never even sexted B. Houston Hearty. Oh. How was your first time? Horny for Harambe. I was hella soft at first because I was worried. But you made me feel comfy and hard real quick. Where are you located B? Houston Hearty. Houston. Horny for Harambe. Oh. Duh. LOL Houston Hearty WBU Horny for Harambe We're worlds apart 
I'm in London, England. Houston, hearty. Oh, cool. I have to go, sorry. Stay off the... <laughs> Stay off the... I want to make you hot. He ignored it. Then... I miss your dick. <laughs> he ignored it. Two days later. <laughs> Wanna jerk off? Then he ignored it. And then... Houston, hearty. Sorry, homework. Horny for Harambe. Maybe later? He ignored it. <laughs> and then I wrote... Hey. He ignored it. Then he replied, hey. And then, hi. And then, that's it. That was my first, like, interaction with a gay person. One of my friends, they had, when they were in primary school, they get married in the, in the school pitch, on the grass, or they had, like, cooties and chasing each other, but, like, I never had any of that. Like, I never had any romance reading more and philosophy and like queer theory and stuff it's when they talked about like hetero temporality and the fact that there's difference between gay time and like straight time like i was like yeah this makes sense because i felt like i felt like a kid i felt like a naive like five-year-old i wasn't using my sense because this is the first interaction a romantic interaction that i've ever had since i was on that sexting website in 2016 and obviously a lot has changed first time that i felt like this is like a lot more was with my first boyfriend and we did meet on tinder one of the first questions i asked him was are you looking for fun or are you looking for a man his response i didn't expect at all to be honest he was actually pissed off what he said back was that like no i'm looking for someone to talk to a friend and whatever happens we'll see where that goes and we'll see where that goes and I was like, whoa. I didn't realize that there were other gay guys that actually wanted normal, not even normal, not say that those other conversations are weird, but it's just, I was so used to that, that I didn't think that you could be different types of gay beyond that. We talked that night for a long time. Then we met with each other in real life. He wasn't out either to his family. So things got intense very quickly. We exchanged like, I love yous, ew after like a month and like because we spent every day with each other i don't talk to him anymore now unfortunately we were unhealthy for each other because we both didn't have many templates for what it meant to be a queer person that isn't a stereotype the reason why we ended things was communication and not knowing how to communicate with each other because i think a lot of the times like we became the templates for one another to how to communicate and we were just internalizing and enacting all the stuff that we'd learned still and it was coming up and it was showing we're still trying to unlearn that and i think we have to do that on our own first and unlearn all the biases that have been put on us and how to communicate that will take a long time and like i know he's going through stuff to help him and the right resources to help him and going through therapy and i'm going through therapy and we're trying to understand what is healthy communication um, but we need to do that on our own first as well What advice I give to a 16-year-old queer person in Brent? Um, do you have people out there that are going through very similar things to you? Um, well, this question makes me sad. I was so scared that I was like the only one 
in my area um, that had a similar like story you're not the only one really um, there are people that can relate um, but it doesn't like the thing is it doesn't really matter like what I say words really don't mean anything like this is a podcast which is amazing which is great we make posters we make art we make all of these beautiful things but the reality is is that like sometimes we just need help and sometimes it's ugly and sometimes it means things can't be like summed up in like pretty kind of packages like we need youth services we need people to invest we need people to invest in people on the ground that are actually doing work um i'm happy that after eight months of being on a waiting list for nhs now i can actually act and take steps to get assistance and real help like that's what we need that's what we don't want people to talk about solutions anymore like there's there's gay queer people especially of color especially trans women trans black women they're dying but we need to invest in actual change of people on the ground it's a collective struggle and collective kind of journey. Um, yeah, you're not alone. Love you. Kiss, kiss. <laughs> <laughs>